Hi, everyone. My name is Catherine Gorley, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today for another episode of the Injury Prevention Academy, a podcast brought to you by Dorn Companies, the country's leading wellness-based pain management and injury prevention company. Dorn is committed to reducing costs of healthcare and workers' compensation, as well as reducing lost productivity, which has resulted in over $120 million in savings over the last 20 years for our clients. Joining us today is Nick Laughlin. After graduating with his degree in safety management from the University of Central Missouri, Nick has spent over a decade working with construction companies and crews in heavy civil construction, semiconductor, commercial, and multifamily construction. He's currently the safety director for Topol Dent Construction and is also the construction section chair for Arizona's H sorry, ASSE with certifications as a GSP and a, as a holistic lifestyle coach. Welcome, Nick. Hi, thanks for having me. No, thank you so much. And and you know, obviously within this this whole career in safety construction i i think sometimes gets left behind because a lot of industries kind of think of construction as you know some of the the perils of the job so it's exciting to to see safety becoming such an integral part of it yeah i agree i mean um you know we'll talk about it more in the podcast but it's it's great to um kind of see uh, health and safety getting highlighted more and how it's uh, such a strong aspect uh, in this in, in the industry how we yeah we just keep ourselves going <laughs> absolutely and and your career has been spent ensuring that workers in the construction industry are safe so so what led you to pursuing a career in safety and how has that changed in terms of the industry over the last 10 years and even over the last two years Okay, um, so my parents actually are both in the in like public sector. So my dad was a firefighter paramedic. Uh, my mom was a police officer for 20 years. So I was always, I got, I guess I got brought up or, or was submersed with, um, you know, they're always helping someone. I mean, there are some differences with, with firefighters and police officers. Um, you know, obviously firefighters are, are rescuing you and, and running into a building burning building you know and and police you know investigations and potentially getting shot at but so there are some differences there for sure but um you know i think at the end of the day they were just they're both helping people and so you know i didn't i didn't necessarily know like a lot of um kids going into school what they wanted to do but um my senior year uh high school um my dad had some influence just being a firefighter, so I decided to to, to take my firefighter one and two um, at a vocational institute my senior year, even before, before going to college. And so that got me, you know, just great exposure into the, the firefighter realm. Um, and then I knew I still wanted to go to school, um, and there was a program at University of Central Missouri um, for hazard relief, like crisis disaster planning and, and fire sciences. So I knew I was going to go to school and, and go into fire sciences. And um, and really, um, after taking some of my, my um, initial course curriculum, I uh, talked with my instructors and they said, look, you need to really look into the safety management degree. A lot of it's all correlated. And, um, you know, I think that would it would set you up for success in the future. So I guess that's uh, that's how I got started. That's great. 
That's great. And um, it's interesting hearing um, how people get into that world of safety, whether it is being brought up in it, a, an, an event that really shapes their view of, of how important safety is. You know, that's, that's exciting to hear that, that, that you have such that background of having it almost in the back of your mind at all times. Right. Yeah. No, it was, it was really interesting. And I, I, you know, I never would have thought like safety management, what does that even mean? You know, and um, it was just really cool that it tied really both their, their professions, but then I got to necessarily pick, um, you know, cause I didn't, I, I, I liked what they did, but I necessarily didn't want to do what they, they, they did, you know, and, and wanted to kind of pave my own path. So it was neat getting into this, this uh, curriculum you know, then you could you could take it to uh, more of an insurance side, or uh, I chose the construction side. You know, it was always changing. That was the most exciting for me. I get to see different uh, structures getting built. Um, you know, there's some travel potentially, so it was it was always changing. That that's what got got me interested on the construction side. So that's that's uh that's the route I more or less I took with construction safety and health. Absolutely, and and how is that? How has the safety within the construction industry really changed over the late, these last couple of years? Well, um, I guess, at least for me, the, the, the 10 years and these two years. So, you know, I, I bounced around through a number of different companies um, just for di with different exposure. Um, and and it, it, it really has brought uh, a nice uh, highlight to my career because I got to see such a, a diverse background. Um, and commercial and heavy civil and, and semiconductors. But, um, you know, really at, at the end of the day, safety, safety, it doesn't matter what we're, what we're building. It's just looking out for the well, uh, health and well-being of, of those workers. I mean, the tasks will change, but there's, there's all inherent tasks associated with their scope and, and how do you mitigate those hazards? So, um, I think the biggest thing that I've seen, uh, within our organization and even even the, the previous ones is really safety by design. Um, so, you know, when you're going into uh, the project, you're, you're, you're really doing a hazard, hazard assessment before the project starts and, and what are your maybe potential gotcha points? And so how do you kind of bake safety into the design process? How can you engineer out some of these um, high potential risk activities um, that we can engineer out some of the, the hazards. So we're not just putting them in personal protective equipment and hoping hoping for the best. Absolutely. And, and and especially with, you know, like you said, the way that the construction industry is always changing, you're going to be able to to find ways to almost streamline how to keep your employees. Um, safe, depending on obviously the overall arc of the industry, but also the particular particular kinds of construction, whether it is on the side of the road with road work or it's one of those, you know, very large building facilities. Right. Yeah, because I mean, it it just depends on 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 what we're doing. You know, if you're you mentioned on the on the side of the road, I mean. Obviously, you're, you're dealing with traffic, um, and and just people and driving is 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 wild in itself. Um, going flying past you at you know 60 to 80 miles per hour while you're trying to get work done, but 
you know, I also got questions too. It's, well, Nick, why do they need to wear hard hats? There's nothing above them. What's going to fall on their head? You know, why do they need hard hats and glasses? And it's, it's people don't think about like the flying debris that comes off cars. Or when you're, you're going past at that speed, it's kicking up dust and dirt and, and debris that's getting washed in the road or blown in the road. And all that becomes airborne, you know, so it could potentially strike you in the head or your eye or, you know, um, you're inhaling, inhaling those products. So, you know, whether it's road work or, or, or a building, you know, again, it's, I think the biggest thing that we're doing a better job of is, is, you know, kind of a construction hazard assessment before we even get started, you know, um, what are our, our potential, you know, high factors here of probability of someone getting significantly hurt. Right, because um, OSHA has reported that one in 10 construction site workers are injured every year with, you know, those average injury rates up to sometimes 71% higher than other industries. So mm -hmm. is is that flying debris? Is that, you know, is that obviously a part of why the construction construction industry is so dangerous and and how do the companies keep their workers safe just regardless of where they happen to be well and i think people need to understand like it is construction it is an inherently dangerous profession so um you know walking into the uh, uh, on a job site i mean you know i think it goes without saying a lot of construction workers you know i mean you get used to it you get comfortable in that atmosphere because you you know a lot of people have done it for so long but you know you're there's stuff that can fall on you there's there's um hand and power tools that you're using that can malfunction you know um there's just so many different factors equipment moving um you know sometimes st trades are getting stacked on top of each other and, and people are doing different different scopes of work and you know you have ladders and, and you're up and down off the ladder and loud noises. I mean, there's so many different factors on a construction site. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is communicate, communicate, communicate. I mean, it sounds easy, but, um, you know, it's finding that balance because I think it, it becomes a little annoying sometimes if you're over communicating. But at the end of the day, like, wouldn't you rather uh, be more aware than left in the dark of, of something happening? So. You know some ways that we're doing it within at my current organization is is um we have these weekly meetings in 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 the industry they're called toolbox talks um so instead of having a private toolbox talk uh where the subcontractors host their own and, and maybe we would host their own and, and vice versa you know so you'd have 10 different companies hosting their own meeting well why don't we bring everybody together and as the general contractor we'll host the meeting you know, so it fits the bill for everyone's getting continuous education. Maybe we discuss like fire prevention and protection that day. But then after that safety talk, you know, then you can open it up site-wide to, to, to say, you know, these are the things that are changing this week. You know, we're having deliveries brought in at this day. Uh, your staging locations that are uh, gonna be in a different spot. You know, um, you know, maybe a company says, hey, we're bringing in um, trusses, they're getting delivered. Well. How are, how are you going to safely bring in those trusses? You know, do you have a flagger in place? How are you going to be stopping traffic? Where are they parking? How are we getting the load off, off, the, off the truck? So it's, yes, it's a safety topic, but then it goes into more. It's logistics and coordination. And then you open it up, you know, what, hey, what comments, concerns do you have 
on the project. You know, so then it's really just an open forum where, yes, it could be a simple toolbox talk, but now it's it's morphed into a much greater conversation. And I think that's we've had a lot of success. Um, and you're giving those personnel in the field a platform versus just just them communicating directly to their foreman, their foreman going to the general contractor. You know, now they feel like they have a voice and they, they they'll be heard. Because I think a lot of times their information doesn't get disseminated. Yeah, and and I know that communicating those those risks kind of inherent in the industry, whether it is from those outside forces, uh, but also you know communicating sometimes the danger of things like fatigue. You know that's a that's a massive part of keeping just an individual safe and also a team safe. You know, um, I know that Dorn has a program that we call Alert Meter, and it's used to identify fatigue in those high-risk occupations, so that you can have that communication um, within the workers, within the supervisors, and making sure that those risks are actually known. Is is mm -hmm. utilizing safety technology something that you've seen increase over the last couple of years? Absolutely. I mean, just technology, right, in general is just exploding. Um, you know, I think it's it's with so much technology, it's it's hard to find what fits the bill um, for your, your company sometimes. But um, there is one program that, that uh, we've had some great success at, um, and it's a safety management tool. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's an app or you could use it on a tablet or phone and it's, um, it's data analytics, you know, so, you know, I've learned a long time ago, if it's not measured, uh, it's not managed, right? So, um, with this data, data analytics, we can now capture in real time what, what the activities are going on on the project and what inspections we're conducting, what hazards we're finding, what positive observations are occurring, what meetings we're having. So then you can take those analytics over a time period, whether it's the each month, each quarter, the life cycle of the project, and you can, you can now generate um, metrics off that. So for example, I'll take a, uh, I'll generate a monthly report that gives me everything that we found for that month, and I'll do a trend analysis. So then it kind of gives me my, it gives me my talking points of, well, these are the things that we continue to find and, and, and we need to fix, you know, so how do we get better for next month? So I'm seeing we're having some fall protection issues and we're having some electrical issues and, and some improper tool usage. So, you know, I'll, I'll take that, those items, you know, build a, a topic around it. And then we're just, we're really having another conversation on site. You know, this is, this is things that we, we keep finding that keep occurring, you know, and we start almost setting little policies on site that to mitigate these issues and correct them. Yeah, and, and having that open communication uh, between everyone as to actually working to to fix the issues being seen, not just to communicate that the risks are there, but to say, this is how we're going to keep your workers safe. Because I think the the that's what really makes that buy-in on the safety culture that a company is is creating so integral to to your employee safety. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's an elusive term. Everyone likes to use it as your, your safety culture. 
but I mm -hmm. think, um, you know, you know, being the general and, and, and everyone else on the project is subcontractors, you don't want there to be like, you know, strife there. I mean, it's kind of like you want to be a, a, a good big brother. And I think if you show good faith and, and say, look, I'm not out here, you know, to beat you up and tell you you're doing it wrong. Let's, let's give you the good, the bad, the ugly, and let's just find a common, you know, uh, commonality here, meet in the middle of like, look, I don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to get in trouble. And, and really, first and foremost, it, we don't want anyone to get hurt. We want everyone to came how they showed up today and go back to their loved ones. So, you know, approaching that that way, and then they can see that, hey, you're really, you're really, and do in fact have a safety culture. You're not just talking, you know, you're actually, right. you know, um, walking the talk, I guess. And, um, you know, so, then they're seeing the meetings that we're having, you know, the, the weekly meetings and then the monthly meetings and, you know, even, even rewarding them coming on site, you know, providing, providing meals when we reach a milestone, you know, or getting shirts made. I mean, it's the, the little things that, you know, they can see, you know, this is how, this is how the organization does business. And we really in, in fact care about your health and wellness. Absolutely. And, and having, you know, it's not just, like you said, it's not just an umbrella term of, you know, creating a safety culture. There are those little things that you can do that make your employees feel like they truly are being taken care of. You know, whether it is those, those outward safety meetings, whether it is utilizing different technologies, um, even utilizing apps on phones, like you said, um, you know, Dorn has an on-demand portal that employees can use to access things like like self-care, like mental health awareness that I know has become so important. You know, the wellness techniques, those holistic ideas to really make your employees safe. Yes, um, absolutely. So, you know, I, I made a note here, um, really with what, what we're doing very, very similar to uh, Dorn is we have an EAP, Employee Assistance Program, mm -hmm. you know, so that really pays, pays um, huge dividends on one of my tenants is mindset, you know, so we have um, a practicing clinician or someone that they can just go talk to and, and speak with if, if they show, you know, you know, if they please, please to. So, you know, that's one one program that we've implemented um, through through insurance, um, at least that let, let people know that that um, it's there. Um, at least, you know, I would say probably 90% of our workforce is 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 men. So it's it's very it's very hard to get men <laughs> to talk about their feelings or how they're doing or admit that you know they're maybe having some trouble. So. Um, it's tough. I mean, to be successful in your program, you know, it's, it's, I found the most bang out of bang for your buck is having the nutrition, the movement, the mindset, um, and, and the recovery aspect of it, you know, because that's going to give you the most uh, bang for your buck. So we would, we would break that, you know, we're breaking those each down and what's it mean to have proper nutrition and, you know, it is to move and what does mindset mean? You know, so I think the EAP goes into mindset and you can, you can, 
you can certainly uh, talk with someone about it, and sometimes that's all you need. But um, it's not like how do you? I think it's very elusive, and I'm still continuing to learn. But um, there's a number of techniques that you could do on personal time with mindset, um, breath work, you know, um, how to charge yourself or even even relax yourself, and how to go to sleep, you know. So um, there's a, there's a few different offshoots of mindset, but yeah, one thing that uh, we've had some success at is is the EAP. That's great. That's great. And 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 you talked about, especially in the construction industry, you get the people who have been there for a very very long time. They have those those set ideas as to how they're going to be able to do their job. But like you said, sometimes, especially over the last couple of years, when the safety and the mental health aspect have really come to the forefront. I'm sure there are those, it, it could be even just a difference in communication between the different kinds of workers that you have on that job site. Right, yeah, you know, um, and I wanna add even from this, the last question, I mean, most of the programs I'm finding that are failing are because they're only one, they're only, they're only focusing on one aspect of health and most of the time that's just movement. So you have to pay mind to like, you know, our construction workers are using, utilizing their bodies as, as a tool, you know, so you, you literally are what you eat. So, you know, the good, you got to have good nutrition if you want, you know, good, good uh, output. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and it's, and it's not just with construction workers, you know, I think we, we need to realize that every person is unique. You know, the way the person responds to whether it's food or exercise, uh, stress varies from person to person, and it's it's unique just like our fingerprints. So, you know, what's working for me might not work for you. So it's really just having this approach, whether I'm talking to, I mentioned it like a burly, blue-collared worker, construction guy, or, you know, if it's if it's um, one of our office, um, office uh, managers, you know. Um, it's it's really finding um, yeah kind of finding that that, that special way maybe to to talk to them or communicate them or or figure out like what is what is their why you know what is their why why they want to be well you know and and that's that's gonna differ that's that's all across the board you know absolutely I mean, I might, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that the, the, the stressors that affect, especially, you, you know, even though they're all on the same site, they're all going towards the same uh, project and the end result, they're going to have those different stressors and they're going to have those different needs that need to be met. You know, whether it's the nutrition side, whether it is the stressors on the body, you know, whether for, for office workers, it's typically the, the upper body, especially the back and the shoulders and the neck, but then you get right. into the construction, uh, the actual working aspect, and it's lifting techniques. It's, it's being able to lunge forward correctly and grab something without tweaking that spine. That's such a delicate instrument to, to begin with. Um, so yeah, that's, that's some of the issues that I know that I've seen. No, and, and you just got to be, uh, know your audience, you know, who you're talking with. I mean, with, with construction, you mentioned your, your uh, push, pull, bend, reach, and lift, you know, um, all, all those um, you could do multiple times throughout the day. But, you know, your, 
when you're sitting in this office chair and you're keeping your shoulders, you know, crunched and you're roll four and you're typing all day, I mean, things are going to get tight, you know, so it's mm-hmm. just, it's taking the time and, and, and we all need to listen to our bodies more. You know, we've all in society, it's just, Hey, want a pill or I want something that a quick fix. Like, you know, it's, it's the little whispers that your body is telling you over the years that you need to, you need to pay mind to that it's going to, it's going to continue to snowball if you don't address it. So yes, you know, pay attention to those, those little, those little inclinings or, in my training of the holistic lifestyle coach, you know, um, Czech talks about like the pain teacher, you know, so um, it's, you have pain for a reason, you know, and, and you yeah. don't want to just ignore it or stuff it by, by, um, you know, taking a pill. Let's find out what the, what, what the root cause is. Yes. And, and having those conversations, you know, and, and like you said, I really love the idea of those key components in your wellness program of that that movement the recovery the nutrition and the mindset and and how it can really inform your employees and your workers as to how to keep injury free and having that conversation that it's not just keeping injury free and healthy while on the job site but your entire life yeah it's a it's a it's, it's a lifestyle it's you know, for, it's not just for the time being. I mean, it's, it's, if you manage your diet, uh, in your lifestyle, then that's, that's the root of, of success, you Mm -hmm. know, for any program. So, you know, I can't get people to do it. I mean, all I'm trying to do is, is here's the tools, uh, for success that would get the most impact. I, I can't force you to do it, but if you at least educate them, um, and then they can see these and get these little wins, then I think it compounds and, you know, I'm more apt to get their attention. And look, it's just, it's just um, the, the, the enjoyment of life and continue to go down um, new paths and explore new avenues, you know, um, whether it's, uh, it's, it's a different, you know, different supplements that are coming out, um, you know, different technologies, you know, you name it. I mean, it's just exploding right now with, with life is with new things. I mean, um, I'm constantly hearing about, you know, new avenues for health and wellness and it's, and it's a bit daunting. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why I want to just focus on those, those, uh, those foundation principles because, you know, you can get, you can get really lost in the the rigmarole. Yeah. And, and one of those aspects I know with movement, um, one of the conditioning programs or the, the main conditioning program that, that we really work with is instinctive movement systems, which I know you have, yeah. you have experience with. And it's, it's almost, it's almost breaking out of that traditional view of stretching. You know, it's the, you know, how you did when you were a kid with stretching beforehand in like a gym class, but once you got out on the field, it wasn't actually what you were doing. So. Right. You know, how has that whole instinctive movement conditioning program, how, how can that actually truly inform your workers on how to move out in the field? Yeah, it goes back to the pulling, the, the reaching, uh, the lifting, you know, and it's it's just what Tony talks about in IMS is just dysfunctional movement. You know, if their they're back of their spine hurts, well, and then they're bending over more and and really pulling on their back and 
and um, it, it, it might be pulling because their hamstrings are tight. I mean, look, everything's connected and correlated. So it's 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 finding these, um, I guess, imbalances, and then you know, it's it's not just static stretching. You're actually you're 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 doing different movements that um, they're active. You know, mm -hmm. so it's I, I have some of them written down. So you know. There's the squat, the deadlift, the lunge, and the torso rotation. So, you know, it's it's you're improving employees' stability um, and their mobility, and then that's going to give them more durability. Um, yes. And so, because yeah, a lot of a lot of stretches when you do them, they're going to feel good for a little bit, but then it's just going to start being painful again. So everyone has um, ailments and dysfunctions. Um, and, and oftentimes you can't you can't get rid of them. You know, it's just years of of abuse on the body, and that's and that's normal. But at least with Tony's system, you can still move uh, um, more functional and more aligned, where you're not having the constant aches and pains. Absolutely, and and really, because once you once you have those employees, and I've seen that ripple effect of. If, if you're moving correctly, you're going to feel better just on a long-term basis, especially in those high-risk industries like construction, like, like manufacturing, like distribution. You, you can see it actually actively helping. And yes. so, so much of, of that informs, I believe, a true wellness, wellness program that your employees can really really utilize in order to keep themselves you know injury free and and i know that when you're trying to create an injury prevention program sometimes wellness gets left out sure no i mean it, it doesn't get talked about and and it you know and and i could see the look on people's faces when i'm hey we're gonna we're gonna talk about movement and they're like well what, what's that mean oh this is that's the first thing people say is this is another stretch and flex program you're like no no it's not you know so it, it was just really uh it was really great seeing the look on people's faces after you start doing um some of these these movements and they're like oh my gosh wow i i had been moving uh wrong for so long you know right. we just get these lazy tendencies when when getting out of our chair you know we're not in that that nice um uh stance where you know we're dumping into our back and putting our legs or our hands and our knees and pushing ourselves up. It's like no, use you, you know use those strong legs and and um, get in proper form to lift yourself up and get your chest over your body and, and stand straight up. You know, so it was just like again finding those you know with task performance correcting those little um, uh, dysfunctions and it's very subtle. But once people you could see it click, they're just like wow. You know, I, I do feel better. I am moving better. I don't have the aches and pains in my neck and back, or or they're they're more minimal. So that's yeah that's been good. Yeah, and and even you know if 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 an employee feels better doing their job even once or twice, that's going to inform everything that they do that they do from then on. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and two, um, they're like, wow, we're, you guys are actually taking the time. And I got a, a lot of nice emails even after that, like, wow, you know, it's great to see that um, we're implementing things uh, 
to help us in the everyday, you know, and his system's great because it, it, whether you're in the office or in the field, you know, it, it applies in both scenarios. So. That's great. Yeah. And, and I think in addition to obviously keeping your body moving correctly, I know in the last couple of years, I've really started seeing like, you know, like I said, the, the, the focus really come in on, on mental health and how it can really affect every single part of, of your life, whether it's at, at home or, or at work, you know, and I know that a number of companies around the world really reported seeing a decline in mental health because of those stressors over the last couple of years. Is that something that you saw in this industry as well? Yeah. I mean, look, look at this last couple of years um, mm -hmm. with, with COVID. I mean, who's not mentally stressed out? Right. I mean, just with, just with, um, yeah, having, having to be uh, locked down, you know, um, not know if you can go back to work. Um, but I think it's, it's, um, again, going back to, you know, listening to your body and, and figuring out that, you know, um, how do you just combat the stress? You know, is it, is, is it affecting your sleep? And then cause you're tired, you're, you're going in and you're grabbing something quick and, and not very nutritious to eat. And, you know, uh, you're grabbing a Coke instead of, you know, water because it, it tastes good. And so it's like all these little activities snowball and compound on each other. And, and the, you know, that's, that's at least three of those, those foundation principles for that, for, for our program. So, um, you know, stress is, is, is a huge um, component to, you know, because stress on the body is inflammation, and inflammation is the root of disease. So if you can com combat the inflammation on your body, um, I think that's gonna it's gonna help in all aspects of your life. But um, so I kind of I, I got off on a tangent, but um, You're fine. If, ask ask the, ask the question again. Um, I think I missed the missed the question. Well, no, um, it, it's it's. I mean, I think you answered it really well in terms of. You know, having every single part of a wellness plan really inform everything else, you know, especially mm -hmm. with, you know, with the movement aspect, with the mental health aspect. Um, and then, you know, what what have you done to to address kind of those mental health challenges, especially when you're working with with, you know, employees out in the field, when you're working with employees who come from those diff different generations where they're so used yeah. to doing things in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think I, I adjusted a little bit earlier. I think, yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of generational gaps, but uh, just understanding people you, are unique in their own individuality and treating them as, as so. So again, they're going to respond to to food and exercise and stressors different ways. I could, you know, handle stress a certain way, but it might, it might floor another person, you know, and look, I, I approach it. Look, no one's exempt, uh, from, from stress in, in life, like, you know, uh, life's difficult. Um, mm -hmm. and we just need to, we just need to have tools, um, you know, to assist us when, when we get in these, these tough times, you know, whether your, your family member's sick or you lose a loved one or, you know, you got some bad news. Um, 
maybe you know you, you have to move or you have to have your 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 mom move in because she's not doing well i mean there's there's you name it right there's mm-hmm. there's issues or things that can happen in life across the board but um i think again it's it's paying a little bit more attention to ourselves and it's like wow i slept really bad last night well why was that you know and just kind of start going through your checklist and what can i what can i start doing to combat some of this so i start I start sleeping better. And so, um, you know, am I cranky because I didn't get to do any of my movement and my exercises? Like, you know, everyone's got to find their thing that, 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 that really, you know, gets them out of bed every day. Um, or even approach it like, what's, what's your dream? You know, so when I say like, if you have a big enough dream, um, you want to care, care for yourself. Um, to experience it, you know, so um, have your dream direction and then assess and correct, um, you know, maybe have even, I'm starting to journal like a awareness log, you know, mm-hmm. where I currently am, and then just fine tuning it. So that kind of comes, comes full circle. Yeah. And, and I, I know we've talked a lot about um, in this podcast, the, the importance of communication and that's communication with the people around you but you know it's also communication with yourself what are those stressors that are currently affecting you that day that week you know is there a certain time period where you know it's going to be stressful you know your your child is moving to college that's going to be a stressful time you know Um, and and having that that conversation with yourself and i think that truly informs so much of of that kind of inner wellness journey. yeah and that's all mindset right and how do i pre- prepare myself and prep myself and that's and that's what i i think i'm getting that mindset you know they're like well, how do i do it i'm not i'm not good at this or, or that and it's like well you don't have to be you just have to i think be open and honest like you're saying um to yourself and and, and what's bothering you you know and and to get to the root of 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 those problems i mean um you know it's tough and i've been i've been trying different techniques um i think um we don't i didn't talk we haven't talked about it much but but breath work has been a lot um to help me in in to meditate and kind of clear my mind a little bit so i'm just thinking on on the now and and able to relax Mm -hmm. or even you know i like to go through words of affirmation things that I'm grateful for in the morning and things that aren't working for me, like breathe out. So I'm breathing in uh, positive affirmations, you know, love and peace and joy and things I'm grateful for, but, you know, the anxiety and the angst and the jealousy and the things like that, you know, exhaling out. Um, Right. So. That's great. uh, Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been really good. Yeah. And and I know that, you know, having those conversations with with workers about how they can personally kind of go through Mm -hmm. that as well, keeping safe on the job and whether it's the employees who are who have been there for years, who, who know exactly kind of 
the day-to-day -day structure of, of what's going to happen, but it's also having those conversations with new hires coming onto the site, making sure that they're aware of, of any of those wellness components and, and having them be ready for some of those stressors and some of those, you know, outside um, kind of high risk areas. Right, I think it goes back to the conversation we're talking about this whole time is just um, communicate, communicate, communicate. So, you know, making sure when on the onboarding process that, that you know, they're aware of their expectations, their roles and their responsibilities and, you know, giving them an, an idea, this is, this is the site that you're coming on, these are the dangers that you're gonna face, you know, and, and just being more prepared before they even step in the field, you know, we're gonna go over, you know, here's uh, a first aid kit, here's our emergency uh, response locations, you know, who, here's who you're reporting to every day. If you, if you, if you find something or issue or concern that, you know, this is who you're gonna report to. So it's just, it's, it's giving them an open and honest look of what they're going to experience day to day so they're not confused or or blinded by anything. So, um, yeah, so our, our company has a number of um, avenues that, that we're doing. So we do have the new hire orientation and then we have mm -hmm. the superintendent go over logistics and, and then we're, we're reinforcing the things that they learned in those trainings through those weekly toolbox talks and, and monthly safety stand downs too. You know, so then everyone who's showing up day to day, they can they can start understanding what to expect and, and what they can expect of us and what we expect of them. Yeah, and I think that is is something that will kind of like what we said, will create that safety culture, like a, a true safety and wellness culture within an organization is having, you know, whether it's someone coming coming first on site or whether it's someone who's always been there having those conversations and having that that foundation of safety. Yeah, because I mean, look, you can still get complacent, you know, and that's when something happens. You know, you get too comfortable. Well, I've done it this way for so many years and then complacency sets in and then and then you you, you slip up or something mm -hmm. something changes and then an event happens so you know it's, it's it's you know trying to trying to stay focused and and um you know go through the progression uh and take the necessary steps to to do it a certain way and not to cut corners you know um because you could could in fact injure yourself or somebody else yeah, and and having having that overview of you know I, I kind of like to think of it as keeping your head on a swivel, uh, but you yeah. know because because there's always going to be those outside influences, uh, but like you said, just having safety be such an integral part that you're you're always striving to to keep everyone as safe as possible. Yeah, yeah, because I can't, like like I said earlier, I can't make people people be safe I mean there's rules and regulations out there and and we can we can still have all these meetings and discussions and you know but someone could still make a really uh, horrible choice and, and an event happen but um, I think you know that's that's what we understand going into it um, but I think too it sounds daunting when, when, when you think about it like that but I think look most people don't want to 
uh, get hurt or injure themselves and, and be right. out of work and, and not, not collecting a paycheck and, and laid up at home, you know? Um, you know, so I think everyone, yeah, no one wants to see anyone get hurt or hurt themselves. So. Yeah. And it's that common goal and it's that common. Right. It feels common good, right? Really it feels, ties feels, them together. feels good when you're looking out for the other person and you know, someone else has, yes. has, has your back, you know, it's like, and that's how I, I continue to approach it. Like, Hey, I, you know, I, I know I'm stopping you and I'm saying you're doing it wrong, but um, <clears throat> I, I really just don't want you, you know, see something happen, you know, or go wrong. So, you know, if you can do it this way, um, moving forward, I think it's, it's, it's going to help. It's going to help uh, your company, our company and, and your body, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for joining me today and joining yeah. uh, Doran's Injury Prevention Academy. No, thanks for having me. Is This was a, a fun and, and great discussion. And um, yeah, I just want to continue to bring this information to, to the forefront for people. And and um, yeah, so thanks for, for letting me use this podcast as a platform. And yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. And, 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 and thank you all for, for joining us. Please tune in next time to learn more about the innovative steps and programs taking place in today's world of safety. Thank you.